Welcome to the Green Phoenix's Mylar, my look at recovery. This is a podcast that will be focusing on mental health, understanding recovery, and restoring a voice to those who it has been taken from. What exactly is recovery? Well, according to SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Recovery is a process of change through which people improve their health and wellness, live self-directed lives, and strive to reach their full potential. SAMHSA has identified four key components that they believe attribute as necessary to support someone's recovery. Those are health, home, purpose, and community. I've been trying to define recovery for myself, and while I can get behind SAMHSA's definition, I decided to go ahead and do a quick Google search. And when I did a Google search for the word recovery, it was defined a little differently. So the first definition, according to Google, is a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. And the second definition, according to Google for recovery, is the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. I just, I started really thinking about it. Thinking about what recovery looks like. Because one of the things that I have come to realize is that If you don't know what you're working toward, if you don't have a clear definition in your mind of what it is you're working toward, how are you ever going to know if you've achieved it? So over the last several months, I've really been thinking about what recovery means to me. My goal was to find a way to explain recovery to others so they can understand it better themselves. Also, because I want to recognize it and define it for myself. Now, the first time I really started to think about recovery and understand the concept of recovery in the realm of mental health was probably back in December of 2014 when I had the opportunity to attend training to become a certified peer specialist. I learned how to use my own life experience to support others and their recovery journeys and then also help bridge the gap between peers, which would be people that are living with a diagnosis, and providers, the people who are providing services to those people. It was there that I was introduced to the story of Patricia Deegan. It was through training and the Appalachian something or other. Sorry, I don't remember and I don't have it in front of me. Well, she tells her story and explains her experience of how living with schizophrenia and a gentleman that she met who was paralyzed, I wanna say from the neck down around the same age and how they, when they met each other and compared their stories, 
they recognized that there was a lot of similarities between the two. And from that story, they divided the recovery experience into five separate stages. Now, when I first learned about the five stages of recovery, I believed that it was a linear progression. So you, you start in that first stage of recovery, and once you have successfully navigated that first stage and moved on to the second stage, you leveled up, essentially, like you would in a video game. So you would, you would continue to increase and improve and level up until eventually you would reach that shining beacon on the hill where you have achieved recovery. Now, that was a long time ago. Like I said, I went to CPS training back in December 2014. It's now... 2021. Wow. 2021. Kind of crazy. So it's been over six and a half years, going on seven years now since I attended and first really started to learn about the concept of the five stages of recovery. And I'm going to take a little time to break it down. I'm going to use the information that I learned to explain those five stages of recovery and the way that I was taught, but I also want to break it down and share how my recovery journey has somewhat, has a little bit of a different spin to it, I guess, or at least my understanding has changed because I, I've been able to start to recognize my own recovery journey in this. So we're going to start with the first stage, which is the impact of illness stage. Now in the impact of illness stage, it's the initial place in your, where your life is suddenly disrupted by an illness or injury. Now, from the impact, think about that for just a second. Think about the word impact. So you, you have something, your life is going along fairly well. Maybe you've had a few stumbling blocks along the way. But then something happens and all of a sudden your entire identity changes. You start to see yourself differently and other people start to see you differently. And as a result of that, they often start to treat you differently. Now in my personal journey... Because I have been living with some form of mental illness and Asperger's my entire life. It's always been a part of who I was, even though I didn't get the first initial diagnosis until I was well into my teens. But the thing is that any time I'm going through life and someone first finds out that I have been diagnosed with a mental illness their view of them seems to, of me, their view of me seems to change. It's like so long, all of a sudden, I'm not the same person. I, I transform into this different entity, I guess. It's like all of a sudden, they 
they see me as what their preconceived notions of the illness is. And they let the stigma that's associated with mental illness and Asperger's, because it's Asperger's is neurodiversity. It's not really an illness. It's just that my brain is wired a little differently. Whereas the post-traumatic stress disorder was caused by traumatic events in my childhood that has affected how I perceive the world. And God only knows what other diagnosis they were they want to tag on there. Because every time I see someone who can give a diagnosis, they seem to change it. But I digress. So you have that impact. And like I said, for me, it's when people find out that I have a mental illness and they start to treat me differently. Suddenly, I'm no longer Heather. I'm this illness that needs to be feared. Now, what happens after that initial impact? Think about this for just a second. You're going through life. And yeah, you may have had a, a few bumps in the road, but all of a sudden, you're told, hey, you, you have a mental illness, or hey, you're dealing with this chronic physical ailment that has that's going to completely alter and change the course of your life. It leads to the life is limited stage of recovery. Now, this is the stage where people typically give up. They no longer believe that they're capable of doing what they did before. And they learn to accept the limitations of the illness and their energy. In illness or injury even. Because, you know, words are hard. So, in my world, in my life, I've experienced the life is limited stage more than once. And for me, that life is limited stage comes in the form of darkness. And you, it usually starts off fairly slowly. The old tapes start playing in my head, telling me that I'm worthless. I'll never amount to anything. Why don't I just give up? And the problem is that the more that starts to creep in and the more that you give up on life, the harder it is to see a reason to continue living. At least, that's been the case for me. So when I found myself in that life is limited phase, it's that point in my life where I really had to fight back the darkness. Now for those of you who have ever seen Star Trek The Next Generation, and are familiar with the episode in season one where Tasha Yar dies, you'll have a better understanding. For those of you who aren't familiar with this episode, I encourage you to Google it or check it out on Netflix. It's actually a pretty decent episode. There is this creature. His name is, I believe, Argus. Or Argamus. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. The point is that... They find that they they land on this planet where the inhabitants have all ascended to a higher plane of existence. But before they were able to do that, they had to shed off all of what we would consider the negative emotions. Hate and anger and bitterness, jealousy, all of that. 
And when they shed that from themselves, it left behind this sticky, oily, nasty, just residue. And that forms into this creature. And the reason I, I'm talking about this is because for me, that's, that's a visual representation of what that darkness looks like. See, I, I don't know about you, but when I form thoughts in my head, they form in images, they form in pictures. Sometimes they're like video clips, sometimes they're still images, but I don't see words. I see imagery. I, I think you know, I'm a very visual thinker. And so in my head, when I'm struggling with that darkness, it's like he's come through and he's coated everything in my head. And it's, like I said, it's a sticky, gross, goopy. It just, it, it's, it's not comfortable and it's miserable and it's just all over everything. And when I was younger, I found ways to cope with it that were not healthy, although they socially acceptable. See, I didn't get into drugs or alcohol. I got into self-injury. And sadly, this is something that I still struggle with today and will probably always struggle with on some level. And when that darkness starts to creep in and the emotional and mental anguish becomes too intense that provided a release and provided a way for me to gain, regain control and release unfortunately it also tends to lead to a very negative spiral because then I f feel guilt and shame and it just <sighs> but that darkness that, that place of darkness is also where I have found myself contemplating ending my own life contemplating suicide and I have actually attempted on multiple occasions. Now, granted, the last one was close to 11 years ago. It was by and far the one that came the closest to completion. But it was no less serious, more or less serious than any of the others that I had attempted. And I'm not going to get into it tonight because I want to move on. But eventually I will talk more about my experiences with suicidal thoughts. Because it's important. And one of the goals of this podcast is to create an environment where we can have open conversations, open dialogue about this. Pull these subjects out of the darkness, out of the shadows, into the light. Which is where that third stage of recovery comes in. Nice little transition, right? So the third stage of recovery, as defined by Patricia Deegan's story, is the change is possible stage. Now this one is really hard to define because it's different for everybody, but also it's really hard to always recognize where that little spark of hope comes from. And that's, that's really what change is possible is all about. It's that point in your life when you start to recognize, hey, maybe things can get better. Maybe I can do the things I've always wanted to do. I don't have to be stuck. I can find ways to adapt so that I can still achieve the things that I wanted to do previously. 
So the change is possible is where people start to recognize that they don't have to be limited by their circumstances, but they can find ways to adapt to the world around them instead. Now, for me, I really don't like change. I have a hard time dealing with change. I, I function better when I have a routine, I know what to expect, and unfortunately that's not life. Life is constantly changing. But the, th the other thing is, hope has always really scared me. And part of that is because if you put your hope in the wrong place, and things don't work out, when you lose hope, it's so devastating. And so for me, th this is the place that uh, has always been the hardest. You would think that the life is limited and the living in that darkness would be the most difficult place. But for me, the scariest place has always been that, that change is possible phase. Or that initial spark of hope. While both amazing is also extraordinarily terrifying. So like I said, when you lose hope, and hope can be very fragile, and when you lose it, it's devastating. Now over the course of the past year or so, my perspective on hope has slowly started to change. And that's largely because I've started to learn and grow more in my walk with God. I've learned more about who his character really is and with the help of some amazing people have been able to better understand his true character and untwist some of the things that I was taught growing up. I didn't always have a great relationship with the church but thankfully I found one now that is not only helping me relearn a lot of stuff, not just about God, but about life in general. But they've also accepted me for who I am, which, to be honest, is a really new experience for me. I haven't really had that experience with churches before. Maybe a little bit in the past, but this one is just... And like I said, I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm really digging into the word. I, I start every morning with going, digging into the Bible, doing devotionals. And I don't do them by myself. There's an amazing app called YouVersion. And it's a digital, it's a Bible app. And it has the Bible, it has all kinds of different translations. And they have daily devotionals in there. And one of the nice things about doing it through that app is that I can do the devotionals with other people. Which has helped tremendously. Because, and I don't understand things or I have questions, I can go to someone who has a lot more knowledge about it than I do. And they help me gain a better understanding of it. And through doing that, I have found that the, the true source of hope, that the, the one thing in the universe that will never change, is God. And so as I grow closer to God, I, I am able to 
embrace hope a little bit more and not let it scare me as much as it used to. It's still scary, I'm not going to lie, but I'm slowly learning to trust more in God. And as I learn more about his character, I'm also learning to accept myself more in the process. Now this next stage is the commitment to change. Now once you recognize the possibility that change is possible, and you start to explore the possibilities instead of accepting the, the limitations, that's how they define the commitment to change stage of recovery. Now, it's been my experience that most people associate living in recovery as somewhere between the changes possible and the commitment to change. That, that they think that's where your recovery journey begins. Personally, I believe that your recovery journey begins from that initial impact phase. It's the first stage of recovery. Makes sense to me that it would be a part of that journey. It's also where that second definition from Google really seems to fit best. It's the process of regaining control over your life and believing that you're capable of living a productive life. And really, if you stop and think about those four key components that SAMHSA contributes as necessary to support someone's recovery, health, home, purpose, and community, when you are committed to the changes and you're really working for them, that's when you're really going to find your purpose. And your community, your support system is really crucial here. Because you're going to, and the change is possible too. I think that's where the support system first initially starts to come into play in my life. Was that the change is possible because, like I said, this isn't linear. And guess what? You're, you may bounce back. I still find myself getting hit with the impact and the darkness. Or the the impact of illness and the... Life is limited stages. But unlike in my past, I now have a support system. I have a community that helps me find the changes possible and helps me stay committed to those changes. Now the last stage that they have defined is the, is the actions, for actions for change stage. And this is where people take on more responsibility and start to rebuild their lives as they regain their independence. This has been something that's been really difficult for me to define for myself. Because even as I'm working to overcome the faulty filters and, and grow closer in my relationship to God, grow closer in my relationship to other people, actually learning how to relate to other people, I still have my doubts about the future. I still find myself falling back into that life is limited stage. I still find myself fighting that darkness and having to recommit. I still find myself getting hit with the impact, which again leads back to the darkness. But the thing is that even though I still have those doubts, I've been, I know 
that I've been actively working towards my goals and learning to accept myself. The truth is, this podcast is one of the actions for change that I am trying to work on. Not just for myself, but for others. Because I really want to see a paradigm shift in how people view mental health. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, you have mental health. Mental health and mental illness are not the same thing. Two sides of the same coin, but different. Which, again, something we'll get into in a later episode. Now, when I initially learned about the five stages of recovery, like I had said earlier, I really believe that once you hit that actions for change stage, it was this shining beacon on the hill. And once I reached that, I would no longer be plagued with self-doubt. I would no longer feel like I feel right now, to be honest. That somehow it would magically just the world would make sense. I wouldn't have to struggle anymore. I wouldn't still have to make the adapt and figure things out and, and, and just, for lack of a better term, I would be normal. Somehow there would be a magic wand and everything would just go away. And I've since realized that that's not reality. It's okay to struggle with self-doubt as long as I don't allow myself to get trapped there. And really that's where having a support system in place has helped. And even though there are days when I push past the self-doubt and I know that I have a future, there are still days when the darkness creeps back in and I find myself struggling with those old urges for self-injury and even suicidal thoughts. Now, I don't know how you define recovery, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to share them. But for now, I think this is a good place to stop. And I look forward to coming back and talking to you again next week. Have a great day, guys. <laughs>